Hi, it's Carolina. I'm so excited that you could join us on the City Point Redcliffe podcast. You're just about to hear a message from one of our incredible preaching team, and I know you're going to be encouraged and inspired by what you hear. If it does encourage you, why don't you share it with someone who you know might need to hear it as well? And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of the messages that are uploaded every single week. And for now, sit back and enjoy. I hope you get blessed. I'm honored to talk to you around this theme of Christmas. If you haven't checked your calendar recently, we are in December of 2022, which is crazy. And who here has had their Christmas tree up for more than a month? Yeah, me too. <laughs> who, is anyone here like those strict and needs to go up on the 1st of December? Yep, yep, that's not me. It's my house, it's my rules. I can have it up in October if I want. <laughs> so this time of year can get really crazy, but I hope from what I share tonight that you just get reminded or a new level of understanding of the love that God has for you. Um, the Lord who watches over you, he sees everything you have done and everything you are going to do, and he says that you are worth it to send his only son down and sacrifice himself for you. But before I start, let's just pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we have tonight to read from your word and to hear what you have to say, Lord. I pray that whatever comes out of my mouth, whatever words I say, Lord, that your words would speak louder than anything else. And God, I pray that as we are here tonight and as we leave tonight, that we would leave knowing more of your love and understanding more of your love for us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So as I said before, it's December which means it's Christmas time. And with Christmas comes presents. I don't know about you, but I don't remember majority of the gifts that I have received ever. And if you ask me for a list of exactly what I got, what I got last year, I would probably take me like 10 minutes to be able to list them off, if even, I probably will forget some. But there is one gift that I still remember to this day when, that I got when I was a little girl. It was like this big horse that had a neck that could bend and its legs could bend and it was awesome and I still remember that horse and it got lost in the move in the crate somewhere and I'm still sad about it but it's okay. Um, <laughs> but that's my favorite gift and I still remember the day that I got it. But there's a gift that we celebrate around this time of year that's even greater than that. And I know that that sounds pretty awesome, and it was. But there's a gift that's even greater than that. It's greater than whatever you may have thought of, and that's Jesus, a baby sent to save the world. So we're going to dive deeper into this idea of Jesus as the greatest gift. So if you're taking notes tonight, the title of my message is The Greatest Gift already there. So good. So from the beginning of the Bible, we see Adam and Eve partake of the tree of good and evil after God explicitly told them not to. And ever since then, there's been this kind of broken relationship between humanity and God and devout followers of God anticipated and longed for the day that God will dwell among his people again. As he said in Genesis 3 verse 15, I'll put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. 
Here God is already revealing the defeat of Satan through the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. He already promises and he already talks about this in Genesis. We see another prophecy being made about the birth of Jesus in Isaiah 7 verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. So from the beginning, we already see God planning and destining a way that we can get back to that fully restored relationship that was broken in the garden. But why? Why would he do this for us? Well, John 3:16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave us one and only son so that everyone who believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. Now, I know this scripture is pretty popular. We all can, well, majority of us can probably recite this off. I mean, Friday night we had a youth formal and one of the cakes that were decorated as part of the game before it was thrown off of the loft had the scripture. (laughs) That's really weird to say without context, but it was good. One of the cakes actually had John 3.16 listed on there and everything. It's a very loved scripture, but... Let's not let our familiarity with this scripture take away the significance of it. God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one whom is spoken about in Psalms 145 verse 3, where it says, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. This God gave his only son to suffer on the cross for us so that we may not perish but have eternal life. And then if you think about it on the other side, you've got Jesus. He left this great kingdom to be with us. He left this great atmosphere of being in the presence of the Father so that he may dwell among us and go through the trials that we face every single day and truly conquer the darkness of this world and save us. Just so that he can give us the choice to choose him. Not that there's certainty that we would choose him, but so that we can give so that we can get the choice to choose him. He emptied himself and traded his perfect life for us, for our mess, before we knew him, before we chose him, and before we turned from our sinful ways. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God clearly shows and proves his own love for us by the fact that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the first point tonight, we're going to look into Jesus as this awesome, great, yet unexpected gift. So as I mentioned before, well, I mentioned a few before, but we see over 300 prophecies of the coming of the Messiah. And with expectations and with prophecies come human-made expectations. And you can almost say that there were a fair few people that weren't expecting the Messiah to look the way that Jesus did. Um, Yeah, so we're going to list a few off of that. So many of the Israelites were expecting Messiah that was a royal military leader who was going to deliver them from the Romans. But what we see is Jesus being born as a baby in a manger in Bethlehem and raising up, growing up to spread this message of peace. They expected him to rebuild the temple, but instead 
We see Jesus in John 2 going into the temple, flipping the tables, scattering the money, sending the cattle out. I'm sure the cattle was happy about that, not getting sacrificed that day. And And then he says, destroy this temple and I'll raise it again in three days. And then if we think about it now, if we think of this all-powerful, awesome God, is our expectation of this all-powerful, awesome God going to be that he is going to come down to the level of the people that serves him and walk among them and act like a normal person? Probably not. It's probably not what our expectation is. He's prob- our expectation is probably that this king is going to keep staying on that throne and keep being up there. But no. He came to our level, and how awesome is it that he did that? How awesome is it that he humbled himself and came to our level to set us free? Philippians 2 verse 6, where Paul is speaking about Jesus, he says, Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So Jesus may not have come the way we thought he would have. He may not have lived a life we thought he would have. and He may not have died the way we initially thought he would have. But he did it all for us. He humbled himself for us. He suffered for us. He modeled a life for us. And he died for us. He left the seat next to the Father. He left a very comfortable place so that he can be with us, so that he can bring us with him to be there, to be in that environment. And the time he made for us means that we can make time for him. But I'll get more to that later. Point number two. Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. So in this season of Christmas, we obviously celebrate the birth of Jesus, the gift of his birth, but he did more than just that. He walked among us, that's a gift. He taught the people and by doing that, we have accounts of his actual words and his teaching in this book, the Bible, where we can read what our God actually said on earth. How crazy is that? And we can read it in our own language. Now, unless you speak Hebrew here and can read Hebrews, um, that's probably a pretty awesome gift that it's actually in English, and we take that for granted way too often. He modeled a great life to us, teaching and preaching wherever he went and whenever the opportunity presented itself. And then after living a life of demonstrated generosity through his time, his gifts, his forgiveness, and his constant provision of more than we asked of him, he gave us his glory. John 17 verse 22 says, I've given them the glory that you gave me, so they may be one as we are one. But this glory that he's speaking of here, he was only able to give us once he gave his life. So in John 7:39, we also read, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. So once Jesus entered into his glory, that is, he died on the cross, then he gave us this gift and the glory that God gave him, that is the Holy Spirit. He died on the cross that day so that anyone who may receive him 
can have the opportunity to live in a fuller life, a life of freedom on this side of eternity. And then he offers us the gift for eternity with the Father, where, we can, where he will welcome us by saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. But in order to live this life to its full potential and to exactly what God has called us to do, he gives us this helper, the Holy Spirit, who empowers us and leads us to do the things that God has called us to do, to do the miraculous things that are crazy, not by our strength, but by his. And the gifts that he offers us do not end there. It, he consistently places gifts in our daily lives wherever we look, and we tend to miss it because of all the worldly distractions that are trying to cover up um, our attention and trying to take our attention away. But his gifts are everywhere. And it doesn't have to be big, humongous gifts like a new car or a new house or $50,000 in the bank account, although that might be nice, and he definitely can do that. It can be as small as a sunrise or a sunset or my personal favorite is clouds, detailed clouds, or um, whatever may bring you joy or may bring a smile to your face. Just see how God is going to use that to show you his love, to show his love to you. He uses small and big things to show his love to you, but we tend to miss th these things. But if you take it even another step, the fact that you're alive today is a gift. The fact that you get to be in this building, freely worship God, freely read your word. We don't have to worry about someone coming in attacking us because we're preaching the gospel. That's a gift. The fact that we have people that play beautiful music for us or um, making us great burgers, I heard, that's a gift. Their serving is a gift. And the fact that we can read from the Bible the word of God, that's a gift. So we've established that Jesus is the greatest gift. There is nothing that can compare to what he has done for us. By coming to earth, humbly walking among us, teaching and preaching and healing wherever he went, and then dying on the cross so that we may be in full relationship with the Father. But what do we do with this? What do we do with this gift? I'm just going to drink water first. So we've been given this great gift, but what I tend to see is that so many of us just stand around with a wrapped and nicely, you know, wrapped box, and we don't really do much with it. We just stand there, and it looks nice, um, when what we should be doing is we should be putting it on, walking in it, and using it. Jesus says in Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20, therefore, Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So here Jesus is speaking about we need to make disciples. This is our action item. We know that Jesus is the greatest gift. We know he died on the cross for us, but we don't end it there. 
We need to go do something. We need to go make disciples. We need to go tell people the good news, the good news of Jesus. But what I see and experience for myself sometimes is that we have this gift, but there's two things that hold us back sometimes. One of it is we don't understand the full freedom that he has bought for us. We don't understand exactly what that means. We don't understand that it's full freedom. Like there's nothing that holds you back anymore. There's no sinful nature upon you anymore. You are free completely through what he did for you on the cross. But the second thing is that we don't feel worthy or we don't feel like we deserve what he did. And to that I say, we don't. (laughs) We don't deserve what he did. And nothing that you can do can make you deserve what he did on the cross for you on that day. Nothing that, even if you live a perfect life from here on to the end, you cannot make up for what he did. But that doesn't stop us from accepting the gift. If someone comes up to you and they're like, I want to give you a brand new car, and you're like, that's ridiculous. Do you know how much that costs? You're not going to turn that away or say, that's a way too much of a gift. So I'm just going to keep it in my garage and not do anything with it. You're not going to do that. Your reaction to an awesome gift is not to give it back or to hide it somewhere. Your reaction is, this is so valuable. I know the cost that it was to you. So I'm going to take extra care of, you, care of it and I'm going to use it to its full potential to what they expected me to use it. And we need to do the same with this gift that God has given us. Mark Greenwood in his book, Awake to Righteousness, says, We were sinners. Grace saved us from our sin. And we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. In Matthew 25, verse 14 to 21, we'll read the parable of the three servants. This is one of the ways that Jesus explains the kingdom of God, and he uses a few parables to do this. So we read from verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. 
The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, yikes. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (laughs) So my first observation from this is we've got the three servants and they each get given different amounts according to their abilities. The five and two return with double their investments and the master is equally as proud of both of them. He knows that they did the best that they can and they come back with a lot in comparison to what they were given. They came back with double. And to both of them, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. I can trust you with more. Let's go celebrate. But to the one that was just given the one bag of silver, he's obviously not very proud at all considering what he said. Um, And that's because he was so scared that he was going to lose this gift. He was so scared that he was going to waste it or whatever, that he hid it. He didn't do anything with it. Jesus describes the kingdom of God here and how upon his return, he's going to evaluate everything that we have done with what he has given us. This is gifts to each of our abilities. And with these gifts, he is expecting a return when he returns. And I don't want to be like the third servant with the one bag of silver that held on to this gift, understanding its value, but by fear, not doing anything with it. And by hiding the gifts that God gives us, we are actually diminishing the value that it can have. But what we need to do is we need to use our gifts with when things, um, sorry, we need to use our gifts to further the kingdom of God. We need to do something with it. And while you are not dead, you are not done. Yep, I'm just going to leave it there. (laughs) And what God has called you to do, He has equipped you to do it. And as I said before, He has sent an helper to help you out with it. He sent the Holy Spirit to help you do whatever He has called you to do. Let me tell you, even a year ago, I would have not thought I would be on this platform I am very happy to sit there. (laughs) Hi, (laughs) Joshie. So in this season of Christmas, where things can get hectic, may we focus on this great gift that was given to us through Jesus. That he would leave the courts of heaven and walk among us, teaching and preaching and healing wherever he went, till his very people are the ones to humiliate him and kill him. But then he raises up again 
And by doing so, he gives us the greatest gift of all. Eternity with this God who time and time again has planned a way for us to come back in full restored relationship with him again. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message inspires you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. Go ahead and share it with a friend. And can I invite you to connect with us on one of our many social media platforms as well. Most importantly, if you made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to say congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We'd love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services around the world this Sunday. And you can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We would be so thrilled to see you there.